Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced profit first strategies and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. We are going to continue the topic that we started on episode 83 about being in the right sales state. And um, let's just dive into top 10 strategies of top sellers. Top sellers have the ability to, number one, affect their own emotional state. So, you know, again, you've got to be in a peak state. You've got to have the right physiology. You've got to have the right mentalness. You've got to put yourself there and you can put yourself there with mantras repeating over and over again or song lyrics in your head singing or listening to a song. But you are the one in control of your emotional state. And when you're at a peak state, like that's attractive. People want to be around people who are in a power oriented, peak, top performing elite state. And so, you know, you've got to be there. And if you get there, then that will attract other people. And then you can bring them up to your state as well with that positivity. I mean, I think we've all experienced salespeople who are like, oh, you know, just Debbie Downers. And, you know, it doesn't make you want to buy. It doesn't want to get you into that right state. So, you know, it's leading that energy, concentrating your power that you have by getting yourself into that top peak emotional state. And then number two, you know, you want to manage the customer's state. So if the customer is not at the same peak state level, then it's your job to get and manage that customer state and try to bring them up to that point where you guys are operating at a both high level, great positive state. Number three, you need to prepare yourself physically and emotionally for being a top seller. So, you know, again, this goes back to like having the numbers mapped out and knowing what you need to do and what you have to be in terms of physically and emotionally getting at the sales objectives. Number four, you need to prospect effectively 
and enjoy the process. You need to like have fun out of making connections. You need to get, you know, kind of like a high when you make a new connection and prospect effectively. You've got to look for the positive in things and you've got to keep going and enjoy the process, relish it. But when you set appropriate expectations, it's fine. You know, everything is a numbers game. And so, you know, one way that you can prospect effectively and enjoy the process is, again, to know your numbers and know what you need to do and then stack the numbers, stack the deck in your favor. So if you need to make 10 sales and you have a 50% close rate, okay, I need to make at least 20 calls. But if I make 30, boom, I'm going to get it. But you know the expectation is, is that, okay, I've got to make 30 connections to make at least 10 sales. And so you just work through it and like it becomes a game. Okay, I didn't get it on calls one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, but I got one on 11. And then you kind of could go into like a sprint at that point and then pick up another five. Then maybe you don't get some connections, but you make it fun and you create a process that like keeps you going. Number five is to build trust. So it's so important, you know, people are going to buy from people that they know, like, trust. So, you know, what can you be doing to building trust with people? I mean, I think the first thing is to actually follow up and do what you say you're going to do. Show you're genuine. Show that you're, you know, going to go the extra step. Again, be different. We've talked about being different, being playful, being fun, but just showing that you're not that average salesperson that um, just doesn't get it. Be the one who gets it. Number six, you want to create and sustain interest. So, you know, how can you keep people engaged, sharing information about the client's industry and really like giving them more information, sharing articles, sharing statistics, sharing tidbits, um, even sharing like, you know, cool quotes and such will keep people engaged. And again, like, you know, is it something that's also putting them in a better state? Number seven, you know, when you're qualifying prospects, you want to um, probe for the problems. People need solutions. People will pay for things in order to avoid pain. So, you know, what are their pain points? What are their problems? But you need to be clever when you come about this. Um, You know, I am annoyed by uh, salespeople who, you know, seem to be following a script and don't really know how to um, have a casual conversation about things. I mean, we're talking about checklists here and such, but you don't go through this. This just becomes ingrained in in how you operate and such and um, becomes sort of, you know, part of your arsenal in terms of being prepared. But um, when you're qualifying prospects and probing for problems, you know, do it in a casual fashion in a, you know, like, let's talk about things. It's not putting them on the spot and say, okay, what are your biggest problems? Oh, I could do a, a, an episode on, on that. Um, again, I think I've mentioned this before. I need to do something with it and I haven't done something with it yet, but I have 
been the proud owner of salespeoplesock.com for several years, and I need to do something with it. So if anyone has any ideas, I'd love to hear about that um, because uh, we don't need sucky salespeople in this world um, wasting our time. But anyways, let's get back to the list. So then number eight strategy in terms of being a top seller is to justify the buying. So justify the buying, you know, what are the results? What is the pleasure that they're going to get out of this? What's going to happen? You want to produce results quickly. So justifying the buying is in, you know, talking about moving from the pain to the result and how that will make the pain go away. Number nine, you want to close the sale and obtain the commitment. You've got to just be plain up front and ask for the sale, close the sale and get that commitment from them. And then number 10, you want to button up the sale and create the leverage and get them onboarded quickly and make sure that, you know, you are tracking and following and making sure that they are getting the results that you guys talked about and that their pain is, you know, getting dialed back down to little to no pain. Now, like, let's think about this also from the customer side. When it comes to a customer making a buying decision, um, they'll often ask themselves five questions. And those five questions are number one, does the salesperson have my best interests in mind? Again, from your perspective, when you understand why people buy, you will be more effective at helping them. So, you know, it's important that you do have the best interest in mind and you're able to demonstrate that, not just talk it, but demonstrate it to your customer. Number two question that customers will ask themselves is, what will this product mean to me? Um, You know, again, that pain, how painful is this? Is this so painful that this is the priority that they need to fix, that they need to solve? Um, You know, it's funny. They say that statistically, 2% of the people are in the market for, you know, what you're offering and selling at a given time. And so you can't force this. You just have to find that percentage, that 2% that's currently in the market. I mean, there's billions of people in this world. So that 2% is a significant number, but it has to be something that's meaningful to the person at this stage. Um, Number three, the question that a customer will ask themselves, is it worth it to me? What will I have to give up? You know, I mean, what's the return on investment? Is spending $10,000 to solve this problem going to be worth it? And so it's really important to look at that perspective. I wouldn't second guess yourself too much about like, oh, I don't think they can afford it. You know, again, think positive. Look at it in a positive way. There are plenty of people who can afford it if it's going to cost $10,000. Not everyone's going to be able to afford it at $10,000 but your ideal customer will. Number four, what will other people think or say is a cu- something that a customer, you know, kind of has in their head 
when they are looking to make a purchase or or buy something. Um, you know, no one wants to be made a fool of, and people are very conscious about what people think or say. So, you know, are there aspects that you need to play up in terms of like a cool factor? Uh, you know, what will people say? Wow, they're smart. They're cool. It doesn't have to be negative. It could be positive factors as well. And then um, another question customers ask themselves is, do I really need it now? And, you know, a lot of factors come into that and in, in terms of like, you know, they may need it, but do they have the time to implement it? You know, oftentimes people's buying decisions and such is impacted about their bandwidth and their ability. And so, you know, do I really need it now? And can I, can I get the return on investment now? So those are five questions that are good to have perspective on when you are wanting to make a sale. Now, what's important too in terms of like framing your product or service is um, seven items that you should be prepared to have in your quiver when it comes to promoting and offering your product or service. And the first is that you can demonstrate it. Then you can provide examples. You can provide facts. You can provide exhibitions. So, uh, you know, case studies would be an example. And then, uh, you know, maybe it's an analogy that helps someone click with it. Testimonials are always very effective. And a testimonial is different than a case study. So these combination of things really will hit what they need. It's not one thing. It's the sum of all things. And, you know, for some people, it will be um, statistics that, uh, you know, help them make the decision. So the different angles that you should be covering is, number one, demonstrating. Number two, providing examples. Number three, facts. Number four, exhibition, case studies. Number five, analogies. Number six, testimonials. And number seven, statistics. And, you know, this type of evidence of these seven types of evidentiary pieces of information and such will help defeat anyone's disbelief that you don't have the product or service that will solve their pain points. So again, demonstrate examples, facts, exhibition or case studies, analogy, testimonials, and statistics are all your friend to have in your quiver. Now, to get people's attract them, keep their interest, there are some, uh, you know, quick little ideas I'd like to share with you on creating like nuggets or units of interest. Number one, make a big fat claim. You know, go out there, be bold, be different, and make a big fat claim about your product or service. Number two, state a fact. Because we do this, because this is this way. Number three, state a benefit after you state the fact, which, you know, could 
be like, this benefit means that you will look beautiful. You will lose 50 pounds. Um, And then number four, state another benefit. You know, what that really means to you is that you will have a great life. So big fat claim, state a fact, state a benefit, state another benefit. And then number five, provide evidence. And the reason that this, that, the other is because such and such. So evidence could be a case study, statistics, testimonials. And then number six, get permission to probe. So, you know, at this stage, you know, now it's time for some more dialoguing and to get more specific about their pain point and, um, you know, where they are on on the scale of things. And don't forget, you could always paint a little bit worse picture if they decide not to take action right now. And then, you know, it's important, um, and I think we've talked about this um, a little bit as well, but until you know the ejection, you can't make the sale. So again, really know what their potential objections are and be prepared for those objections. And, you know, you're going to get curveballs thrown at you and everyone's objection is valid. You know, everyone has different experiences, different expectations. So you need to be prepared on that. And again, you know, just think about it that only 2% of the total market is in the market for your product or service at the time. So you don't want to force it. Um, You know, people who may not be in the market for it right now will buy from you six, 12, two years from now. So you want to have a good positive interaction and, you know, you're making an investment in them that I'm sure will return and pay off and they will become a customer when you keep them engaged. And it just, you know, the problem that you solve becomes their biggest issue when the timing is right. I hope you've enjoyed these last two episodes. They've been fun and a lot to think about. And again, you know, I challenge you to set aside an hour or two hours to really like probe these lists that we've talked about, these different ideas and start just write, 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 write. Get it out of your head so that you can really start to refine your message, get better prepared and um, really just kick ass when it comes to sales. If you would like to download our resources, of course, we have a visual recap for every episode. You can go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on resources. You can also opt in to have our weekly visual recap emailed and or texted to you. So check that out. And then if you are um, wanting to work with a certified Profit First professional, accountant, bookkeeper, or coach, then also go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact to connect with one of my certified Profit First professional peeps. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. 
Profit First Nation website, related podcasts and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. 